Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Last week, I mentioned that my favorite depiction was the pure in heart, Julie Fry. And you might guess whose favorite is this week's, seeing that there's a motorcycle in the background. What say you, Tony? (laughs) Yes? Jesus said, blessed are the meek, the humble, and the gentle, for they will inherit the earth. Meekness, gentleness, and humility are all notable traits. Unfortunately, it's these very traits that are often exploited by the boastful and the belligerent. So the question is, what kind of shape will the world be in when they inherit it? For me, this beatitude is especially convicting. When I think about the fragility of our planet and humanity's waning regard for its conservation and care, what kind of blessing is it really to be bestowed on the meek? And who are the meek today? Aristotle, he once described the meek as one who is angry for the right reasons in the right way at the right things and for the right length of time. As you listen to today's reading from Psalms, think about how a posture of meekness, gentleness, or humility can be a powerful tool with which to connect and find peace with one another and with our earth. Psalm 37, 8 to 11. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while, and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. Every so often, it's a good idea for us to pause and ask ourselves some tough questions. Over the last few weeks, as we've been looking at the Beatitudes, I've done just that. And so I asked myself a question that might for many be considered anathema, something that should never happen. But I'm going to share it with you anyways. Is it time for this spiritual community to change its name. Now, before you get up and run out, all I'm doing is asking you a question. Church of the Beatitudes. Now, let's be honest. 
the vast majority of individuals in our society probably don't even know what that word means anymore. Beatitude. It makes it sound like we belong to something ancient, something foreign. And then not only that, but when you actually read some of these Beatitudes, it makes you scratch your head and wonder, really, is this relevant anymore in today's society? And there's probably no other beatitude than this one for me that, that says that. Blessed are the meek. Come on. Who in our society is going to take us serious when we say to them, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth? Everyone knows that's not true. I mean, the key to survival the key to gaining your place in society, to having a, any position of power, is not being meek. Imagine, if you would, that you are someplace and you're applying for a job and they ask you to list some of your top, let's say just your top five qualities. How many of you would be willing to put meekness how do you think that's going to go over? If you own a company and you're looking to hire a manager, you want someone to lead you into the future, and they say to you, well, I think I'm your person. Because I, I'm meek, I'm docile, I'm a pushover, I, I just, you know, I'm tame. How many of you would hire that person? Versus someone who says, I'm aggressive. I get things done. I push people when they need to be pushed. How about the person who, when a situation arises and it needs to be confronted, do you want someone who's willing to stand their ground, stand for a cause? Or do you want someone who's kind of like this wishy-washy lack of spine? You want that kind of person leading you? See, but yet, here we call ourselves Church of the Beatitudes, and this is a beatitude that makes us stop and wonder, should we even be talking about these anymore? Blessed are the meek. Really? But this beatitude is the one that makes me realize how challenging and at times difficult it is and actually scary to read the Bible. I don't know how many times I've been around people that have said to me, well, the Bible says. But what is difficult is that every single time someone opens the Bible to read it, they are reading a translation, and all translations involve interpretation. For some reason, shame on them, the ancients didn't leave us a dictionary. Life would have been so much easier. But the problem is, is that we have words from this ancient language, thousands of years old, and they didn't leave us a dictionary, so how do we determine what these words mean? And sometimes one word in the original language, and in this case, the New Testament, Greek, one word can have a wide contingency of meanings. 
But yet, we have to choose one word to be able to use it in our translations. That's why if you were to take a, and open up a wide variety of different translations, this word meek, you're going to find a wide variety of words that are used. So if we're going to realize that this beatitude, if it in any way has any meaning for today, I think it's up, it gives us this opportunity to step back and ask ourselves, what evidence is there that would help us understand this word? Evidence not only found within the Bible, but how this word was used outside of the Bible. Now, I think a good place to start is looking at two individuals who are explicitly called meek. One of them is an individual named Moses. We read about him in the Hebrew Bible or the Christian Old Testament. I grew up in a tradition that was very fundamental. And one of the things that I was taught was that Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. And I believe that for the longest time until I came to this verse. And it was this verse, among many others, that made me begin to realize that Moses didn't write these first five books. It was probably an editor that came in together later and compiled it and added this verse. Because in, in your mind, imagine Moses writing this verse. It appears in Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. Now the man Moses was very meek. Above all the men who which were on the face of the earth. Imagine someone writing that about themselves. I am the most meek person in the world. Does that even make sense? But the writer you chose to use this person, Moses, as an example of what meekness, what it really looked like. Now, in the Old Testament, it was written in Hebrew. But when they translated it into Greek, they chose to use the word that we find in that beatitude, that exact same word to describe Moses. Now, if you read the story of Moses and look at the way that he behaved, he was not a pushover. He was not docile. He could stand his ground. He got so angry one time that it says that he came down off of a mountain, lost his temper, threw down these stones that had written stuff written on them, pulverized this golden idol, and made everyone drink of it. Now, does that sound like a meek person to you? So immediately you become suspicious that the word meek has a different meaning, a different way than our English today uses that term. Another individual that is called meek is Jesus. The writer of the Gospel of Matthew attributes these words to Jesus, where it says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, Jesus says, learn of me, for I am 
meek. And again, when you realize the stories about Jesus, he is not a typical sense of what we would see as being a meek person. He's not passive. He doesn't let people trample all over him. He's willing to stand up and defend the marginalized of society. Jesus is not the typical sense of a humble, gentle, kind of roll me over and I'll be okay person. So just in these two examples, we realize that this word meek has more depth to it, is more nuanced than you first see when you're reading the text. But there's a second thing we can do. We can look at how this word was used outside of the Bible. One way that it was used was to describe a soldier. Now, imagine that, a soldier. A soldier was called meek when they knew, let me back up, when they, first of all, possessed a sword. They had a weapon in their hand. But the weapon, not only did they possess it, but they knew how to use it. They knew how to wield it. But they also, the word meeks implies, is that rather than having it out all the time, the majority of time it remained in its sheath. So what we could say in this translation could be, those who inherit the earth, those are the ones who have a sword, using it as a metaphor for power. They know how to use that sword. They know how to use their power. But they chose to keep that sword in its sheath. They chose not to use their sword or their power indiscriminately. What that says is that that idea captures the essence that each and every one of us have a power within us, that we have a force within us, and that force can be either to do good or to do evil. There was a Russian general who spoke out against the leaders of the day, and he ended up in prison. And there he wrote of his experience. His name was Alexander Solzhenitsyn. And he wrote a book entitled The Gulag Archipelago. And in there, he talks about his experience and not only looking out what was going around him, but looking at what was going on in his own life. And he said the following about humanity. Gradually, it was disclosed to me that the line separating good and evil passes not through states, nor between classes, nor between political parties either, but right through every human heart. 
and through all human hearts. The line between good and evil is drawn in the midst of our heart. He continues, this line shifts. It shifts inside of us. It oscillates with years. And even within hearts overwhelmed by evil, one small bridgehead of good is retained. And even in the best of all hearts, there remains an unuprooted small corner of evil. What this man realized is that within humanity, no matter how good you may be or consider yourself to be, there's a part of you that is evil. And then he says, no matter how bad you think someone may be, how evil you may think they are, within them there's a little bit of good. And this is where he brings it home. Since then, I have come to understand the truth of all the religions of the world. They struggle with the evil inside a human being, inside every human being. It is impossible to expel evil from the world in its entirety. But it is possible to constrict it within each person. What he's describing here is what the Romans called meekness. That ability, that power within us to do good or evil and then to choose to do what is good, to have this self-discipline to do what is right, that is meekness. When you think about Nazi Germany or Stalin Russian, I wonder if something like that was to begin to arise in our world again. I wonder how many of us would say, no, 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 we would stand up and say, no, we're not going to do it. We're not going to go along. Let me bring it home a little bit more. Let me ask you this question. Um, you think you could kill anyone? You think you could terrorize anyone? You think you could hurt anyone? If you answered no, you're probably lying to yourself. There was a psychiatrist who went to a high-security prison. And while he was walking around outside in the yard, he was left with this very small, innocuous-looking man. He felt safe. He figured this little guy wasn't going to be able to hurt him. He was taller, bigger. Later on, when he was talking to one of the guards, the guard said, you know that little guy you were talking with? 
And he said, yeah, you're the little short and innocuous guy. He said, yeah. You know why he's here? He made two police officers kneel down and beg for their life before he shot them both back in the back of the head. That psychologist realized at that moment what this author talked about is that within all of us there is a tendency to do good and there is a tendency to do evil. And each of us must make the choice in which direction we're going to go. The Greeks believed that was meekness. The ability to use self-discipline and make the right decision. There's another amazing use of this word I briefly want to share with you. The Greeks would go out and round up some wild horses. They would bring them, put them in a pen. And as they would look at them, they would begin to discern which ones could be used for different purposes. Some that had natural speed, they might be able to race them. Others that tended to be big, a little burly, they could use them as workhorses. But then there was that one horse or two, usually a stallion, who just had an error about them. You could look in their eyes and you could see their spirit. There was a fierceness about them. There was this, this brave bravery that they seemed to exude. And those were the horses they decided would become war horses. But before they could be used in battle, they had to be tamed. All of this power and energy and possibility that exuded within that horse had to be brought under control so that it would respond to the cues either verbally or physically from the rider. So that when that horse went into battle and there was chaos all around it, it would remain firm. It would remain calm, but yet still possess the power that would be needed when called upon. They called that horse a meek horse, one that had been made meek. It didn't lose its power, but it was power under control. I don't care how old you are or how young you are, you have with residing within yourself power. You have the ability. You have the ability to do great good or to do great evil. 
And you need to harness that power. You need the self-discipline within yourself and a resolve within yourself to do what is right and what is good. I imagine Jesus, when this individual wrote about him and called him meek, remembered that quality about Jesus. That Jesus was a force to be reckoned with, but he chose to use that force to do good for the benefit of others. So, is it time to change the name of Church of the Beatitudes? I'll give you my opinion. No. But it is time for each and every one of us that belong to this spiritual community or are interested in this spiritual community to stop and look within ourselves and to realize that each and every one of us can do an amazing things to enhance our world. That's why they got it right. Blessed are the meek, for they're the ones that will inherit the earth. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at BeatitudesChurch.org backslash online dash giving. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.